Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the Club Cricketers Podcast. Uh, you're in for a treat tonight. Uh, I'm Cam. I, I play for the North uh, City uh, Potato Club Tanifa, so we're a T20 squad. I kind of have a slap around with the, ball, uh, with the bat and uh, throw the ball and flukes and wickets. So yeah, that, that's about my playing career. Um, obviously from Wellington, so I support the Firebirds and obviously the Black Caps. Um, I don't think I'd be allowed on this podcast if I didn't support the Black Caps. <laughs> um, your favourite player's probably got to be Devin Conway, easily. Just the guy's an absolute freak. Freak of nature. Unlucky on his duck, though, the other night. <laughs> Guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This mean? Yeah, well, cool. Um, so, of course, well, I'm Oliver. Originally played for the same team as Cam. So, yeah, the NCPC Tanifa. Um, so, I went from a bit of smash and bash and then moved up to the sunny Hawks Bay and am now playing for Napier Technical, also known as Tech, um, and playing for the Tech Phoenix, which is kind of a bit more, um, what's the word, competitive than what I'm used to down in Wellington. Um, and then playing a different, totally different form back on grass pitches with white balls and one day formats um, and having to pretty much learn how to play Premier Reserve cricket again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, just because I've moved up to the Hawks Bay doesn't mean I support the Stags. I still support the Firebirds, still support the Black Caps, still support, okay. well, luckily I suppose, still suppose I'm still in Hurricanes territory. So, I, I, you know, it's not too hard to, to, <laughs> to try and have to deal with other people, but yeah, do all that, and then yeah, as I say, I mean, still, uh, yeah, Conway, Conway is nuts. I, I, I just don't think it, it's hard to probably not have Conway as a favourite player, especially of up and coming. But in terms of me being a bowler, I, you know, it has to be, it has to be old Bolty. I think he's, 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 he's a freak in his own right. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much me. But I think um, if I, yeah, I, I, I'd still think my heart still lies with Wellington. So I think if I had to come back down, I'd probably still, I don't think I'd be allowed not to play for the PC Tunning Fire, unfortunately, if I went back down, I'd probably be dragged back pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, we need um, we need someone that can smack a six off the last ball to win the game, bro. <laughs> yeah, Top I'm still taking that, six, six, that 600 strike rate. Mate, the only time you've got to bat for one ball, you smack a six. Gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> the only time only I'd actually batted for that, uh, for yeah. that season, actually, and I managed to... Uh, it was the only time I've had it for that season. It's the first time I've had a six, and it happened to be the one that wins the game. And I happen to have the probably the best strike rate in the country. Well, we didn't call you Jeb for nothing. So we've got our overview of our show. So we're just going to have a bit of a yarn about the Black Caps or whatever's going on in the New Zealand cricket scene, um, whether it's domestic or sometimes club cricket, depending on uh, how we're feeling. Um, mostly Black Caps at the moment, obviously, with the upcoming tour to England. Um, so this this show, this episode is going to basically mostly cover that um, and our thoughts on that. Uh, in the future, we may get a few guests on. Who knows? You never know. I don't even know. So, hey, brace yourself. That wasn't a pun <laughs> for Michael Brace at all, so don't worry. <laughs> Although that'd be nice. <laughs> no, I wouldn't oh, say no yeah. to him on the show. That'd be cool. Um, uh, yeah, probably have to talk to his management. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, he's probably got managers now, eh? He's probably not. Just he probably got, yeah. Well, you went to well, the Black Caps call ups. Same Benny would be like, Chirp, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benny, he didn't have a manager. <laughs> he didn't care. Right. I've got sure. old Jesse Ryder playing for our club. I just give him a box of beers. He'd probably come on. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> box of beers and <laughs> promise him a good night. Be in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, unlucky for Dane Cleaver. My sadness for. Uh... <laughs> 
just unlucky, yeah. Kay Williams' cousin still doesn't get picked. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> old Kano's a bit subject at the moment in the IPL. I just saw another article on that. He's he's averaging negative nine at oh, the it's moment. So say. It's, he's doing so badly. I think he's only scored 199 runs so far this, this IPL season. Right, that that's quite a lot for Kane. <laughs> that would be a lot. It's still a lot for Kane in T20. He, yeah, but he no. did get that sixty something, so that would have helped his figures a bit. Yeah, that helped his figures a wee bit. But in terms of T20 scores for a, or totals for a season, that's pretty rubbish. But then again, yeah. he has he has he has been out for a long time with injury, so he missed the entire New Zealand season. So I can't really blame him too much. Mm, that's Kane Williamson, though. That is true. That I is mean, look true, at David Warner. Had... Yeah, Steve yeah. Smith missed twelve months of cricket. You know, came back and scored tons. It's like, just class, you know. Yeah, Form. I suppose it depends. I don't know. We don't know how much net time he's had since he's been back, so. Oh, still, I guess. But, it's, yeah, I mean, someone of his calibre, you'd expect him to form, no matter how much net sessions he's had or not, you know. Like, yeah, that's true. But then again, it's going to be interesting coming up to test, this test in England, when he's <laughs> has been out of test cricket for, uh, probably almost 18 months now, actually, because he hasn't yeah, didn't and, play any of this season. And the last time he played in England, he was rubbish as well. So, I mean, hopefully... Yeah, well, that's true. And saying that test is his game, when he does start smacking, swinging, he gets... got you know, He goes quickly. Um, well, that's proven, it. You know, I mean... He's not a swinger. Well, he's, he's, he's one of those players that plays themselves in and he yeah. scares the shit out of everybody by late blocking off the back foot mm. the first... 50 balls right. that he faces. Yeah, that, that <laughs> timing. I, I don't. I tried it at the net say, and that timing is just out of this world. Like, I don't know how he does it. Oh, I don't know how they manage this... because he plays the ball, and the ball lands behind the stumps off the bat. And most oh, other right. people who would try that would play it into the stumps. Well, that's right. It's, even then, that lateness of that shot, it's either going to the keeper's hands or, in Kane Williams' case, to the boundary down that sort of. Well, that's the thing. And, and he, can, he, he can always, well, and he can control that shot. It's it's not an uncontrolled shot through third man either. He can late play that, and it will go for four. And that's right. I've n- not seen many other players that can actually do that and control it the way that he does. Yeah, I mean that, that's the freakish skill of him, and it's it's a good asset in Test cricket, and that's why he's got the big runs he does. You know, so well, that's it. Yeah that timing but when it comes to t20 and smashing it it's not really his no i mean he's he's i think his longer format format form has always been better than 2020 oh yeah for sure Um, yeah well i mean for for example he started off playing a lot of odis and scored a shitload of runs early in his career playing for new zealand Mm. and odis and then in recent times he's not really played so much of those longer formats uh, he's played more so test side stuff as they start yeah. to rotate different players through. And, of course, injury hasn't helped them, of course. But Yeah, that always been nobody him. But, I mean, in saying that, no one's played any ODIs except obviously just the two, so three um, Netherlands ODIs. Well, but they're it. the yeah. only ones that have been played in the last 12 months. Yeah, well, that's it. It was out of injury. Stuff. Well, yeah, sorry, it was an right, IPL, not injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. I mean, of course, we would have had more, I think, if we'd actually ended up playing the, the Chapel Hadley series like that, like it was well, going to happen. Yeah. It would have been a bit more interesting. But unfortunately, uh, the Netherlands, I don't think was real. I mean, I, I was impressed with how the Netherlands played. I don't think oh, they mate. played badly. But I, guys I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've got I mean, a rip on, mate, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
rip on my Michael rip on. I, I rated him during the um uh Ford Trophy and then Super Smash. Yeah, I mean, but you see him against. I know it's obviously the same players, but in that field, in that um, environment, you know, with the international scene, it's it's another step up, and he still performed. That was well, impressive well, to see. I mean, just because you're playing with or playing against guys you're used to playing against in domestic, the whole level of it is different. And you've got more critique. You've got more, more people critiquing you, more criticism, um, more pressure for you to actually perform. And generally, a lot of those guys, when they first play international cricket, either don't perform and bomb or they do really well. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, he, yeah. In terms of that, Pressure. It's the pressure because everyone steps up when it's a international compared to a domestic. Like you'd, you'd notice, yeah. like Tom Latham, he plays the same as he does an in international, but he's playing against a, a, a selection of greater players in one, like in one team, obviously. And he's still performing. Yeah, well, of course. You know what I mean? Usually, if you didn't step it up, you'd be dropping. So, well, that's so, it. Yeah. I think. I think a good thing about about them sticking with the Netherlands and things like that, I think, is is with those teams, they don't have so... He's like more likely to get more appointments than he would if he was to play for the Black Caps, for example, because with you play for the Black Caps, you have one game where you're shit and you get dropped. Whereas if you play for one of those smaller rate teams, then you're more likely to stay there because they don't have so many players to pull on. Yeah, well, that's right, um, totally. Unless you're Hamish Bennett and just get getting picked. What? Or Henry Nichols. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Hamish. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, well, I mean, Hamish doesn't have to worry about that anymore because he's now officially retired from all forms yep. of international cricket, so... <laughs> yeah, well, he needs to coach, I think. Again, uh, yeah, I mean, I think his return was a bit of an interesting one because he, yeah. he when he, his return came after not playing in the black jersey for, what was it, five, six years. And Ended every season back. for Wellington. Yeah, and an average season for Wellington. And then he, apart from being Coley's bugbear bowler, didn't really do much else apart from that. Pretty much. Yeah, um, that's the thing. And then you get the likes of um, Jacob Duffy, you know, or um, Ben Sears. Absolute stunners in the, for the um, Firebirds and vaults for Jacob Duffy. Um, and there's no selection in the short forms. Yeah, so where do they no, need to? Well, that's it. What do they need to do? So I mean, obviously the Jake Duffy's been picked for the Test squad, and that's been awesome. But I still think we shouldn't have done that. Um, I think we should have gone yeah, with more I... of a spinner. I mean, we've got Patel in there and Ravindra, but we needed to. Well, Ravindra is very part time. I wouldn't really hmm. even call Ravindra a bowler in a way. They only really bowl and win. They're absolutely required to. He's he's been brought in as a batsman primarily. Well, that's bowler. right. If 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 Patel is injured, he'll probably bowl. But if Patel mm. is not injured, then he probably you probably won't see him bowl at all. And well, I'm not well, expecting the, to see him bowl in England at all. Yeah, it, it honestly depends on the conditions when they get there. Because I mean, they've got Pickford yeah. as well. He can he can bowl a bit of spin, but they're all part time spinners. Um, AJ is the only full time spinner. Um, he's the only full time spinner. Yeah. And they'll and he'll bat eleven because I've never seen him bat higher than about nine. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see uh, Mitchell Stanton get back in as just that cover of. I know he's not a spinner, so to say, but he's got so much variation with that ball. He's a slow, 
variation, but yeah, it's, he's can do so much with yeah. it to get wickets and chances, you know. And he's and he's also amazing with the bat. He's just picked up so yeah. much. I mean, he's batting at three for Chennai. And there's a he's a good bottom middle lower middle order, mm. excuse me, batsman for test yeah. matches when if you've got a, a situ- game situation which is you know somewhat falling apart, he can be a bit of a concrete at the other end where he can just dot away, rotate the strike and keep someone down the other end. Oh, um, right. however, the problem that I have with Santner is that he has a tendency to lose his head when he gets frustrated and get himself out. He's a bit, he does have that Jimmy Neesham esque in him, mm, where yeah. if he if he gets too bogged down, he will play do something stupid and he will get himself out. Well, this is this is this is true, but when when's that going to happen? You know, do we take that risk? We, we're taking that risk with the likes of Ravindra. Well, exactly. I think we're taking a big risk anyway with the amount of potential debutants they've put into the Black Cat squad in recent you years. Know. Cam Fletcher's. I mean, I, I think. Bryce Well will be very interesting. I mean, we've not really... I mean, he's had decent first-class stats, but we're yet to see him play. And I thought, you know, honestly, I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm surprised they haven't brought him into the test side sooner. I was expecting potentially to see mm-hmm. him play. I mean, he may have played um, a overseas tour, but I suppose with COVID, things have just not really worked out the way that they were hoping. Yeah. Um, but... I, I mean, we've really only we really only know him as a big fire short format hitter. We, I mean, and he has he has scored well in first class, but we've yet to actually he's yet to prove himself in a way where he he can really bog down and make runs slowly. That's the other thing with Test is it's not all about scoring runs quickly. But in, in, in there, he's only been picked exactly like Ravindra has. He's been picked because he can bowl spin. And he can bat. Well, that's it too. I mean, I think Solid I think bat, so. potentially they'll probably bat him higher than Ravindra. I think, oh yeah, um, he's a much better batsman. He's, he's a much better batsman. I'd say they've probably also had to think about now that they don't have Taylor anymore. They have to figure out who they're going to replace Taylor with, and I think that's what they're doing at the moment is to try and play around with players, play around with the order a bit, and then see who they can cement into that number four spot. Well, this thing though, very we've got open. Conway. Conway there is Conway there. Four. It's who slips into the six because that um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where Taylor's been replaced by Conway, fair, fair and square. Well, it's you interesting know. because Conway can bat everywhere. They've opened Conway, exactly. they've batted Conway at three, and they've batted Conway at four. Um, he's definitely a top four, but I think we're st- we're still. I think they will still play with that order a little bit. I don't. I think you're right. Conway will be cemented there, but I think they're probably going to test it out a bit more before they cement him into that number four spot. I think we may see a couple of other order changes, even in England. I don't think. I think we may see Conway at four for <laughs> at least one test, but there may be one test where they try it out a bit and, and try something different, where they might put. Bracewell slightly higher up, depending on his form in the early test. Bracewell may not even play the first test. It's highly likely he won't get a, a spot in the first test unless oh, he's no. injury. He's, he's not in there. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, we've got to realise is Williamson's either at three or four. Exactly. Only, and yeah, I think yeah, so. Williamson will come back in and Williamson will bat three because he's always batted three. I mean, I haven't seen him bat lower than three no, in recent or years. <laughs> or higher than three. Um, I think he will be at three. And then it's just a question of Will they continue to bat 
I think they will probably back Conway. They'll definitely back Conway for actually for the first test, I'd say. Um, but it depends on how, what can what Conway does and what his performance is like, depending on whether they keep him at four for the remaining of two tests after the first one. Yeah, well, I think Nichols is out with the groin strain or yeah, I saw something strain. like that. Oh, calf strain, calf strain. So um, he will be out, I reckon, for the first test at the most, and obviously the first two first class games. Well, they're not yeah. first class games technically, but they're first class games. First games they're not yeah. recognised as. Yeah. They're not recognised as stats, stats games, international games. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, which basically means that that number six spot that Nichols has left open um, is going to be interesting because who will they put there? And I think that's mm. potentially where they might. But that's where Bryce Bracewell might get himself lucky, but I'd say he probably won't get himself lucky to bat at six with his first, first test. Um, I'd I say when they bring him in, he's probably... I think Blunder will probably bat six. Mind you, that's generally where they were putting him. Blunder was batting around that five-six anyway now that he's got the gloves um, yeah. because they didn't want him opening because opening and doing the gloves was too that's much right. stuff to think about because they, yeah. the, when they gave him the gloves and batted him at, and opened him, he was out very early. That's right. And he's been good um, in the middle order as well, especially if we get a top order collapse. He, he held it together I mean, in the, against South Africa. He did. And I think he's had to relearn to bat in the middle order because he's, he was before he took the gloves from BJ Watling, he was an opening batsman. That was where he, yeah. he opened the bat for Wellington in first class. And that's oh, that's where he, right. he, that was his position. Scored um, a century on the debut first, for opening. <laughs> That, well, that's it, exactly. And then when he, the first time when BJ was out injured and they gave him the gloves, he batted six and didn't, or five, sorry, and didn't perform because he wasn't used to batting at that position. Um, he'd come in with the game, I don't know, were, I think the first time that particular test he batted, we were at about 80 or something for four, 80, 90 for four, and where he comes in and gets us to about 130 and then gets out because he just did not look comfortable batting at that number six position mm. because he's not used to batting that far down the order. Although now that he's got the gloves permanently, he has really cemented himself into that role. And I think he will start to actually get up to where, you know, live up to or fill the shoes that Watling left behind. I think it will be very hard to exceed Watling uh, because Watling was one hell of a wicketkeeper batsman oh, um, and, right. did a, and did an amazing job to take over from Brendan McCullum um, but I think, I think, yeah, but I'm putting that Blundell's still very early in his career. Uh, and I, I still think he's got a long way to go, but he's definitely cemented himself now at that number five spot. Yeah. I don't and think I, he'll I be think, moving anytime soon. Yeah. I think having Cam Fletcher there as well, just another like full time keeper that's recognized as a keeper, not just Tom Latham, who's no, no, no exactly. That's could be keeper. It's good to have Cam Fletcher there to breathe down his neck. Because it'd be interesting yeah, to see how well he performs, you know, while he's, you know, his spots up for grabs essentially, sending two keepers. Well, well, exactly. I think I think the only time we'd see Fletcher keep was if Blando was injured. I don't think we'd see Latham keep in a test um, oh, no. unless they absolutely had to. He hasn't kept in a test in a long time. I hmm. think I remember keeping him once in the last five or six years. Well, the that only was time when we'll got him, injured. That's right. Yeah, and I think the only time we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see Latham Literally. keeping all the ODIs. Oh yeah, I think Latham will that. keep the ODI because I mean that, that frees up a spot at keeper because Blundell's not no like he's not a one day player. No, he's no. okay Although he can for play one day, one day but he's not. A, he's not a way. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think I at the moment there's too much one day talent for Blundell for, for oh, Blundell yeah. to be in that one day side. That's the problem at the moment. 
Yeah. That's one thing we're not struggling for is one-day talent with the Black Caps. It's just the test side, mm. which is, can be a bit questionable at times. Yeah, well, we're just struggling for one-day games, to be fair. <laughs> well, that's it. And I think this European tour will help that because, of course, we mm. have one-dayers against Scotland, the In Netherlands, Ireland, and Ireland. I think mm. we do have a couple against Ireland. Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, yes, they're, they're third-rate teams, but after seeing the Netherlands, I still think the Netherlands, we have to be careful of all of those teams, especially Ireland. Oh, yeah, especially um, Ireland. Ireland, Ireland. Ireland are not new to the to the international scene with ODIs. They've been around for a long time and they have upset a few big teams in the past. Um, mm. Well, they, they beat England twice. They beat England twice. They beat England in the test in their first mm. tour. They've, they've, they've um, and, and I mean, even Scotland have beaten England in an ODI. So well, they're yeah. teams you just have to be careful of. If you get complacent with them, they will beat you. Oh, yeah. Any team in the world, like, there might be associations, but it's just like rugby, you know. Georgia beats well, exactly. Well, that's it. And then you see this, the Japanese woman have beaten the Aussie woman. Oh, that's right. In the rugby. So that's the other thing, too. Yeah. So it's exactly the same. Um, yeah. and, and I think it also showed with Bangladesh over the summer. Uh, we got complacent with Bangladesh, and it just happened to be that the Tauranga pitch suited Bangladesh's playing style, and they, they well and truly beat us. Well, we, um, we well and truly screwed that up. That was... We did, yeah. Why they didn't take a spinner even as a backup just in case the pitch was dry and it was dry and we didn't have a spinner. No, we, you know, it was and dry was, and we played four paces. Well, because we didn't have a spinner nearby. I mean, we probably did if they pulled one from, you know, the stags or something, but... Well, that's it. But then, of course, the biggest thing is why did AGs not play the home test series? They still... Just questions were still being asked. Why didn't they give... After his performance and taking 10 wickets against India and India... Why they didn't throw him the cap for the New Zealand tour, they don't know. I, I think they needed the whole cricket population besides myself needed to re- realize that just because he got a 10 for that was luck, and all the other bowlers were crap. Um, well, that's he's it. a good bowler, I mean, granted, but that doesn't warrant that he automatically gets a spot. And I agree with Gary Stead, you know, he said conditions are different to India, it's not dry, dirt roads, they are sort of greener tops, a lot softer pitches, but unfortunately... Apart from the first pitch in Tauranga. Apart from the one in Tauranga. The sprinklers forgot to turn on. Yeah, the sprinklers forgot to be turned on, I think. <laughs> it looked like they'd just tacitly taken the pitch out of Karachi and dropped it straight into Tauranga. Pretty much. But I think he... Yeah, Garrett, well, the, basically the whole Black Cap selection and the um, coaching management staff, they, they really screwed up there. I think when they well, that's it. Look, I mean, selectors mm. have never got an easy job because they've they've got to make a call, just looking at conditions and looking at the state of play and looking at what players they've got. I think that's right. every single selection is a gamble, and it will either pay off or it won't. Um, I mean, and just that, because sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and just because you've played a, combi- a combination that's worked before doesn't mean it's going to work again, and that's happened so many times where they've played the tried and true method. And it has completely fallen over, um, and I think that's just the whole the whole thing where the whole luck luck comes into it is that mm-hmm. you're relying very heavily on your how 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 your players play and play to certain conditions. So I just I never think you know selection is is not a job I'd like to do. I, I mean we can talk for ages about who we think should should be playing and who we think shouldn't be playing, but at the end of the day, it's a massive luck of the draw as to whether or not it's going to pay off. 
Yeah, I think they've actually got it right, a selection in terms of the England tour now, because they've obviously taken three spinners, two part-timers, obviously, and one full-time spinner. So they've covered those bases. Um, I mean, England's just about to head into summer. Um, so you, it, it's going to be a lot greener than it would be if we were playing, you know, end of July or something, you know. Well, that's um, it. I mean, the last time we played in England was for the test same. the championship final. Well, it's right was, the same time last year. Which was the same time last year, which we're talking back end, we're talking July, which is the back end of their summer. No, and it was June. It the was back June. End, or was it June? That's right. It yep. was back. It was on my birthday. It was beginning of June. June. That's First right. Of June. Second of June, <laughs> which is which is the pretty much the middle to back end of the season, second last month of their season, and that's when the rain and the shit weather starts to go through the UK genuinely. Um, and that's the last time we played England. And I think now that we're playing England uh, at, at well roughly the same time, but I think from what I've seen so far, just watching some YouTube channels of club cricket over in the UK. They've had a very warm a start in their summer. Yeah. And it's looking very sunny and very dry. They haven't had a lot of yeah. rain. They usually have a lot more rain this time of the season. So I think England is going to be a very different ball game this time around. Um, and I think it's definitely going to be a very different team. Of course, England have now got a new captain in Ben Stokes. Um, <laughs> a captain, Kiwi, Kiwi coach now. <laughs> a Kiwi captain, uh, exactly. And a Kiwi coach. And I think <laughs> Bring it and on. a Kiwi coach, of course. At least we, say, um, at least we know a Kiwi's going to win. <sighs> Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, well, I, I think you'll be very hard-pressed to find a team in, in the world today that has an entire um, an entire team of the same nation now, uh, just because of the way that, of course, well, look, at you've got well, I mean, look half at of the New Zealand... You know, look at us, and then look at the half of the New Zealand domestic so- squads playing for the Netherlands, so... Well, that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, they're all New Zealand citizens as well, so they're... Well, exactly. Players. Like yeah, well, they are, and I mean, they've, they've actually some of those guys have actually been playing in New Zealand long enough to actually qualify for the Black Caps. But well, they all are I all think, the ones that play for New Zealand. Uh, yeah, they? yeah, both of them, Logan and uh, Michael. Yeah, they've they're yeah, actually well, exactly. eligible because it's second tier nation. Well, yeah, associate, right. but it's second tier, they can go up, but they yeah. can't. The Black they can't Caps go back down can't again, go play right? for them. So no, exactly. And I think that's potentially why Logan Van Beek has said that he wanted because I remember I think I asked him that question I think it was um, I think it might have been Mark Richardson that actually asked him that question is, do, yeah. do you want to play for the Black Caps and I think he responded in a way that sort of said I'd like to but not right now he um, the recent one is um, he well obviously it might, I think it might have been the last um, ODI he basically said if, if this isn't enough for selection for the Black Caps what do you have to do you know and same with Michael Ripon they both wanted to play for Black Caps but are still happy if they don't get selected. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. And, I think, and they're, they're still getting oppo- an opportunity. That's the other thing mm. too. They're still getting an opportunity to play international cricket, whether it'll be for the Black Caps or not. And I mean, even playing for the Netherlands, I think because when you're playing for the Netherlands, I believe, especially in Logan Van Beek's point of view, the pressure, I think, is a lot less playing for one of those countries because they've got nothing to lose. Well, Whereas you play right. for the Black Caps, you've got a lot more pressure on you because at the moment we're a we're, we're a first rate team, we're a top tier team, oh, and the expectation is that we are we're yeah, and we're an ex- expectation is that we have to try and maintain that level, um, and and maintain our reputation as a tier one team, um, yep. and and that's where I think the whole selection thing comes is if you start to drop your form, you might get two or three games of poor form, and then you're out. You won't get back in again until you show that you're decent. And that could be two or three years down the line. So, 
Yeah, I, I honestly don't think he'd get selected. Him or Michael Rippon, they've played amazing cricket, but I don't think that's There's just a lot of other people. Selection. No. Well, that's it. I think there's a lot of other people that have played better. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. There's And there's better choices. I mean, look, they might get a look in for a T20 squad aside down yeah. the line, as that seems to be a thing for the Black Caps now, is that you trial your, your new players in the T20 yeah. side. Um, and, and they might get a sniff there. But I think in terms of selections and ODIs and test, tests, I don't think we'll ever see Van Beek play. He might mm. get himself an ODI if he does choose, but I don't think we'll see him play any more than that. Yeah, I don't think he'd even get that, to be fair. No no disrespect to him and his ability. I mean, pretty good player, but the amount of depth we've got in New Zealand cricket at the moment is just too much. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think... I think he'd, be, he'd be injury cover for the injury cover, I think, is probably uh, what yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's the thing, though. When you've got a country full of absolute talent and, you know, the, the there's, like, Van Beek, which is at the top of the of the, the Van Bank, but then up in the grandstands, that's where you've got the, you know, the, um, gosh, you know, the Saudis, the Bolts, the Jamisons and that, you know. So and that, where do you compete? You know, how do you compete yeah, with exactly. those guys? You know, when... Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, especially when you've got, you know, well, actually, you know, it's an interesting thing too is that you do have all those people now. And I think the likes of Jamison, anyway, still very much at the beginning of his career, but Salvi is very much at the end of his. Um, Bolt is still on top. Not too, <laughs> still on top. And Bolt, to be fair, is, is, is not too far behind in terms of career, career mm. in, uh, like age. He's probably still got another four or five years left before he'd be considered oh, yeah. an aged player. Um, but oh. Saudi is definitely an aged player. And the question would be is if Saudi was out and retired, who would replace him? Well, that's right. Who? We've got no one. You know. And that's um, it. We don't have anyone. Mm. And, and certainly no one at the moment that could take 400 test wickets. Well, you know, I mean, that's why I think they're bringing in Jacob up. They're trying to ease him in. And then I think the next one off the rank will be another, you know, a fast medium, it'll be slowly blooding them in because obviously we've got a few years before they retire. Well, exactly. I still think Southie's going to probably play until he he can't. His body physically won't leave him, I think. Um, And and I mean, he's he's got very lucky with injury. He hasn't really been plagued with injury like Bolt has. Bolt Mm. has had a side strain issue for a while now. Um, And I think that's going to be something that probably continues to plague him. But that's just a classic fast bowler thing. Where fast bowlers, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, Saudi's had a very good run. I mean, most he run. he's not express paced, but but he's still a still fast bowler. Plus. He's still he's still one thirty plus. <laughs> so um, but he he's he's got quite lucky. He hasn't suffered the same sort of injuries mm. like from the likes of Dale Stain, who well, that's right. you know. Near the right at the end of his career, he got plagued with injuries, and then ultimately it was a broken ankle or something that ended his career so and look at Lockie Ferguson well yeah and I think Lockie Ferguson is going to be one of those that has to really maintain it and I mean he's he's had injuries in the past he's um, just been lucky he's think, good at the T20 game I think you know with, with I think so to make I that money so. early and then he can get out early you know he doesn't have to play the long game to keep that I guess the income coming in but I mean Saudi obviously doing it for the, for the love of the game but well, that's he's it. obviously not making as much money as like Lockie Ferguson would do. Obviously, he goes to the no. EBL, you know, all that sort of stuff. No, well, that's it. I think Lockie Ferguson, he really changed his game too because he started off mm. all over the shop. He was basically the New Zealand's version of Sean Tate. 
trying to bowl oh, as fast as he could just it. to intimidate people. And then he got dropped, told to work on his bowling, and then he came back and he was lethal and he's still lethal. Um, and, you know, he's probably the closest we've got now to Shane Bond. Yep, I'd say that. And in saying that, he needs to work on his long game. He does. Yeah, he does. That, that's where I think um, Jamison's got that one over him because, I mean, Jamison's absolute garbage at T20 because yeah. he's so easily readable, but he will pick at you and run you down in a test to get those wickets. And it obviously helps when you got Southie and Bolt at the other end, either of the two, or even Wagner at well, the other end, sad. you know. And I mean, at the moment, we haven't really seen Ferguson play a lot of tests. Mm. He only played really those two Aussie tests over an Aussie. I mean, that was the last we sort of saw of him. And I think it would be good if we could get him in test because New Zealand hasn't seen an express paced test bowler since Bond. Um, and we do need one in a way, uh, just nah. as a weapon. Um, but again, I think because nah. Ferguson pushes hard, um, he, he, you can only bowl him in short spells. You can only bowl mm. him in those three, four over spells before you have to rest him. You've got to realise, though, like we've got a weapon already. And, and his name is Neil Wagner. He doesn't need to well, bowl that's fast. It. He just I mean, bowls I mean, Wagner's, <laughs> Wagner's just a different breed altogether. I think... <laughs> Yeah. I think the thing is with Wagner, though, is he's done well. He's learned to bowl full now, and he's learned to now swing the ball because for a long time mm. it was just let's bowl everything around the face and we'll just intimidate and bounce batsmen out. Another I think my point was... <laughs> yeah, and now he's changed it up, and now he can actually bowl a full inbanger, which can bowl people mm. because he's now attacking the stumps. I think it was in... I looked, saw a stat that showed that at one point, I think it was in about four years ago one point Neil Wagner's wicket taking stats was 80% of his wickets were taken with a short ball. Well, that's right. Cause it, it would top them, you know, and get it outside yeah. the top edge, you know, and that's where it happens. I mean, that, that's and the thing I, about him. He was lethal for that. He's not as, well, that's you might find he's actually not as efficient. Now he's bowling swing because the other guys bowl swing. It, it's, it's readable from the other uh, batsmen. It is. But then again, it got to a point where his short stuff was predictable. But then I think what yeah. he's doing well now is he leads with the short ball and then throws the full bunger in there because that's, that's uh, changes it up. Them out. Well, that's it. Because they're expecting the short one. So they, they, they play for the short one and then they get into trouble when they get a full in-swinger, which either traps them or bowls them. And that's it. And, and I think Wagner will probably be one, to, I'd say, to be the next well, Bolt, Bolt would be next to hit the 300 test wicket mark. But oh, easy. Wagner, I wouldn't be surprised if he could actually hit three, 400 test wickets because Wagner will go until he dies. He will play oh, cricket shit, until he yeah. dies. And he will, and he, he can, he's quite pole, happy bro. to bowl. Well, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, he's, he's one that's quite it. happily to bowl 40 overs on the trot with a broken target. <laughs> he's doesn't a give freak. a shit. He's an absolute yeah. freak. And he loves it too, which is the funniest oh, thing he does. ever. Like, and that's, he's that's like, the give me the part, old balls. Like, what? Well, that's it. The thing I find funny about Wagner is that most fast bowlers don't want to go near an old ball that's 80 overs old. He's quite happy to bowl with a ball that's 80 overs yeah. old and reverse swinging off a short ball. Um, <laughs> but yeah, another thing too with Wags is he can actually bat. He showed us that he can he, bat. Yeah, by and he's proven that. that. Fantastic I mean, 50, and he's proven that. Hmm. He's, he's not a bad tail order batsman. Those shots, man. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure that old Dev Conway was sitting in the stands was like, man, that's my shot. Don't take that. <laughs> so like, the shot oh, yeah. here was insane. It was like beautiful cricket shots. 
Yeah, you're a bowler. I mean, uh, well, exactly. I think it's because for a while, I think Waggy was bowling, it was batting at one stage in domestic around that six, seven mark for a while. Um, higher up and too. then he got, and even higher up, because I think even at the start of his test career, he was actually batting six. I think he batted six of the Black Cats right at the beginning of his test well, career at one stage. I think he's going to be back there again uh, while he's in England, to be fair. He might be. I'd say it wouldn't oh, be I'd surprised if he was. Probably seven. Yeah, I mean, he... He'll be ahead of Jamison now. Yeah, well, Jamison hasn't really performed in the last few tests he's played. Uh, He didn't really do much in New Zealand. And not really at bowling. I mean, he he was a bit weird because he started off with the Hisnaroa and he was, to be honest, a bit mediocre in the New Zealand series, both of them. Um, Well, he was made to look good. He was made to look good from Saudi at the other end, or whoever was at the other end, because I, I saw it, and I think I actually mentioned it to you. You know, like, he's getting wickets because they've worked them in. The other end guys worked it in, and he's just coming in yeah. and popping it. That's all. He's got well, a ball exactly. straight, I, and he's got them. Well, well, that's it. I mean, you've got Southie at one end who's who's bowling innies and outies, and then you get Jamison from the other end who throws in his trademark ball, which is back of the length in-swinger, back of the length in-swinger, back of the length out-swinger, then he bowls the full in-swinger. So he gets predictable because he bowls the same mm-hmm. stuff. He starts off with his back of the length in-swinger, then he bowls the back of the length out and if that doesn't work, he'll bowl another back of the length in-swinger, and then if he gets frustrated, he'll throw a full bunger in there. But mm. the one you've got to watch out is a slower ball, which he'll only bowl, I've noticed, when he's a bit more frustrated. Mm. The, the problem <laughs> is that he gets lucky on shit balls as well. He does. He has. He bowled He's a couple a of lot. shit balls and got wickets. It's like, you dick. Like, well, he bowled oh. a half-tracker against South Africa. And, oh, was it South Africa? I think it was. He bowled a half-tracker yeah, in one and of got the South Africa last, matches. And, second last wicket or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And he knocked... Well, he actually, that was the, that was the one that hit middle and off. Um, and that was when I actually I missed... I, who it was. I'm pretty sure I missed you. It was like, mate, that was Saudi's wicket. Or I think it was Saudi or bought one of them. I think yeah, it was that's like, right. That's, wicket, that's man. right. Come on. Well, I think Saudi had gone unlucky because I remember he tracked he tracked him mm, LBW and the review showed it going over the stumps and then yeah. fucking old Jamison from the other end just bowled a half tracker and knocked him over. Yeah, that's that pissed me off. I was like, bro, you don't do that. Like, <laughs> just bowled outside <laughs> off. But then the again, play him. <laughs> we come but we come back we come back to the good old village saying shit bowls get wickets because it's always happened. Well, well <laughs> always hey, I've got happens. two I've got two wickets in an over. <laughs> They're all shit yeah, well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> oh, some of the stuff I bowled for the Dunifar showed showed that you're bowling half trackers or you bowl something absolutely rank and you get a wicket off it, and you shouldn't, don't deserve it at all. Oh, no, um, I didn't deserve my two wickets at all, man. Like, my first ball was like off the pitch. <laughs> my yeah, second well, ball, my second yeah. ball was straight, straight through middle stump. <laughs> so, the upcoming games are actually playing two first class games, but they're not going to be registered first class or recognized, sorry. Um, one's against Sussex, which is um, going to be the first one, which is on the Friday the 20th, so it's next, this Friday. Um, and then it's got the first class 11, so it's kind of a basic England B or England C team. Um, there's more, more than warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's England for you and calling it a first class county 11. Well, it's because just, you know it's it's a bit too it's a bit too peasant if you call it a first call it call it a warm up game. You've got to call it a first class game. Well, that's right. Yeah, it is, even though the ICC is not recognising it, but hey. <laughs> um, and then the second of June, uh, which is the first test, which will be at Lords, home of cricket, 
international cricket anyway. Basin Reserve is a home New Zealand cricket. Don't forget it. <laughs> Some people would argue Hagley Oval at the moment, but we I don't. Don't you dare bring up Hagley Oval as the home of cricket. Thank you very much. <laughs> Basin Reserve is certainly the home of cricket. Has been for the last like hundred and something years. Um, and always will be, thank you. It's a historical site. I don't see Hagley, Hagley Oval being a historical site, do you? Hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll argue with that one. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand cricket would probably argue that the Basin Reserve has uh, gone out of fashion at the moment, but anyway. Mate, it's Wellington. Everything's in fashion. That's old. Oh, yeah, and then they go and move the move the South African test to Hagley Oval. Oh, that pissed me <laughs> right COVID. off. Oh. Right, so here's, a, here's a story for you. Okay, so the India... New Zealand test back in 2020 in February. Um, so the first ball was meant to be on the 20th of February, uh, 21st of February. Oh, when, when was my son born? Gosh, <laughs> it's the 21st of February. Um, that was me. I, I took it and I was pretty much prepared to go. And then the night before, my wife rang, so I'm about to go into labor. I'm like, oh, yay. And then uh, got to the hospital and realized, oh, shit, the test is on in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna miss the test, damn it! Uh, so yeah, I said to her as a joke uh, the, uh, that afternoon. I said, "Oh, babe, can I pop down the basin? Because we're only out the road at Wellington Hospital." So, babe, can I pop down the road to watch some of the tests? As a as a joke, oh mate, she lost it. <laughs> as, like she cracked up. She, she thought it was hilarious because she knew I wouldn't. <laughs> she knew I wasn't that. Yeah, brave. we probably wouldn't be alive now. You wouldn't be here now if you had. Oh no, nah, she just knew I wasn't that brave. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, so I must say test, but I did have five days off on. Uh, I had about eight days off, I think, or six days on uh, paternity leave. And so yeah, I uh, watched the test with baby in my hands on the TV all day, every day. First, well, great test. Very lucky it wasn't the 2014 India series where McCullum scored his triple hundred. Yeah, that would have been a bit nicer, wouldn't it? I was up <laughs> north farming at the time, actually. So yeah, couldn't make it. I did watch it though. I did watch well some of it, not all of it. Obviously, I had to work. Um, but yeah, so I had to actually took it. I mean, I missed the West Indies one. I can't remember what was going on. I think I had other prior commitments. Um, but then I had the tickets for the recent one against South Africa, and I was so pumped to go. Had breakfast sorted at the Cambridge with some mates. Had it, like rides and that sorted, and yeah, they moved it. Thanks, Sony New Zealand cricket. Because yeah. of COVID. Thanks to thanks to that second COVID. No, just just thanks New Zealand cricket for being like Hagley is our home of cricket. Get yeah, screwed, mate. Base reserve always has and always will be, thank you. <laughs> I'm a purist. Yeah, well, well I mean, yeah. I mean to be honest, I think New Zealand cricket have rejected the base reserve quite a lot recently <laughs> in terms of test matches. Uh, I still think every single test series played in New Zealand should have one of the tests at the Basin Reserve for at every least single one. game. At, at least, least one. one. Um, because I mean, really, other... to be honest... There no, you go. Well, I mean, look, to be honest at the moment, the, New Ze- uh, the Basin Reserve is arguably the only ground in New Zealand that could really be classified as a genuine test venue. I mean, Hagley Oval is uh, borderline. It's a one-day venue, T20 venue. It's a one-day venue, really. It's, it's the biggest of the one-day one day venues probably in New Zealand. But in terms of a test test venue, the only genuine test arena we have in New Zealand is the Basin Reserve. Thank you. Finally, someone backed me up on that. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing. I mean, what other ground New Zealand has a museum that you can go and wander around in during a test? Right. That's well, there one of the I mean, as well. Well, it is too. And I think the other thing about 
the Basin Reserve is it's also New Zealand's oldest cricket ground, I believe, uh, off the top oh, of my exactly. head. Um, and, and I mean, you know, for a ground that's been there for an excess of 100 years, I think it has to be recognised, the fact that it is New Zealand's premier test venue. Not only that, it also holds the record for the world's largest roundabout. Sure does. The funniest thing, it was actually a swamp. And uh, I think it, it might have been the mayor or something back in the days, back in the late 1800s, was like, oh, I want a cricket ground, but there was nowhere to put it. So they're like, oh, we'll just fill in that swamp there. This, you know, going back before machinery was around, shit, that must have been a massive task. Like, should I fill oh, the yeah. swamp with machinery and shit? That was a huge task. <laughs> well, like, considering yeah. it's all on reclaimed land as well, because mm. all that land was underwater at the, oh, right. in the middle half of the 1800s. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's just the history behind it. The, the thing is about, like, people say, oh, stadium, you could get a view and all this and that. But when you're a test cricket purist like, like ourselves, it's the character of the venue that makes oh, exactly. the atmosphere that's so much better. Like I, I refuse to go to any one day. I mean, they've never played a test at the stadium, but it's got stadium. But I refuse to go to one day there. I can bear a T20 because the time frame, yeah, you know, I can bear it. But I'll never go see one day there. I, I've been. Oh, the sta- I, like, I have been to two, but it wasn't that great. No, spent more time. Well, the stadium. I around. mean, this. this- the stadium is a, is a rugby ground. It's not a cricket ground. I mean, yes, it, 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 you can configure it as such, and I think it's the same for Eden Park. I mean, Eden Park, oh, Eden Park really should not. not have it should not have hosted Tests in the past. To be oh, fair, considering no. the configuration of it is just wrong. When you've got the short, the, the straight boundaries being twenty meters, that's not a Test ground. Well, Guttle loves those. <laughs> he does. Well, of course he loves those. It's because he can bloody put one on the roof. Well, um, <laughs> well he put one but, on the roof of the stadium too, but. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, even 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 arguably the Eden Park outer oval probably shouldn't even be used for domestic games. To be fair, I'd say um, outer, but, outer oval for domestic, yes, that's about it at most. Not all, not first class, maybe two oh, one day. I mean, yeah, one day is they can play there, but nothing more than that. I mean, there's nothing yeah. really. There's nothing really else in Auckland they can play first class cricket on. Well, that, that, when you live in a concrete jungle, you know, I guess the outer oval is the best thing you got. Yeah, well, that's true. Otherwise, you're playing on top of the Sky Town, and that wouldn't work very well. I mean, it'd be a great spectacle, but I don't think it'd be great cricket. <laughs> no, Mate, um, third third man down on Queen Street, you know, so I chibble. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, well, and then of course, going back to the man at the moment, old Brendan McCullum. Um, of course, uh, uh, somewhat. Could be saying a surprised announcement as as English the English Test coach. Um, of course, the rumours are that he actually requested to be requested the Test position because initially, supposedly they were they've now talked about a big shake up in the English coaching group and having separate coaches for all formats. And initially, I think the idea was to put BMAT in the short format, but he specifically requested the Test format. And I think a part of that. Is I think I think it's pretty clear there's a cultural issue. There's a culture issue in the English camp at the moment, and I think that has been reflecting on their playing and the fact that they've had a few players move. And of course, the whole most recent one being um, their recent captaincy change up. Um, and I think with Joe Root leaving the captaincy position, of course, there's no real room. There's no real word on whether Joe Root's going to be continually playing in the Test team. Um, not not much information can put out there. And then of course Stokes, I think. Stokes as a captain, I think, is interesting. Um, I, I think it might work. I, you know, I, in some ways, I was surprised that Stokes has been given that position. Um, 
you know, I think it's quite ironic now that you've got two Kiwis effectively leading the English Test side. But um, I, I still think there's there's other people there that, you know, I would have not been surprised if they put someone like the likes of Bairstow in as the captain or something along those lines. That wouldn't have surprised me at all. But Stokes did surprise me a little bit that they had put him in that position. Um, I think, you know, the question for that will be to me is, is will he have the mindset to be able to captain the test squad. I mean, yes, he's been in that squad for a long time, but is he captain material? That is the biggest question. I think this test series coming up will be a big question for that. Um, and of course, now that VMAC is in there and he's on a four-year deal, um, I mean, there has been a lot of scepticism and a lot of criticism. I mean, Michael Vaughan has said, it's, you know, he thinks it's going to be a big risk. And I agree, I think it is going to be a big risk. And I, he also touched on the fact that it might not pay off, but it's going to be very entertaining to watch. Um, and I think yep. it's going to be very entertaining to see how, how Brendan McCullum does it. But then again, I think what the reason why McCullum wanted the test position so badly was, I mean, look what he did when he captain, took the captaincy over um, for the Black Caps. He turned it around and he turned the Black Caps from being a, quite frankly, and let's be honest, a, a subpar second-rate team to a team that is arguably one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world in all mm. formats. Well, what um, you say, it was that culture change. He changed the culture and and going back on you know how what Michael Vaughan said, it's going to be a massive culture shift in that change room. And it will, it quite will. frankly, Ben Stokes and Brendan Cullen won't take any shit. If anyone wants no. to be a Ponzi bloody um, preppy schoolboy, piss off. Like that's going to be their attitude. I think you know this is cricket. You either here for the game or you're not. And I think that's going to well, change. That's around. it. That's it. And I think the mindset of both Stokes and McCullum is very similar. Um, in more ways than one. I mean, yes, they're oh, yeah. both big hitter batsmen, but I think they are no shit takers. And I think that's probably what Stokes' captaincy style is probably going to be like. And look, we may see some more players depart the English team yet. Oh, um, as, I, 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 as I'd say, there's definitely a few other players in that squad at the moment that might not like the whole shift in how things are run. And I think if the English, I think English cricket is going to be very up in the air for the next three or so years, especially in the yeah. test arena. Um, but if, if McCullum can turn the English team around in the same way he turned the Black Caps around, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, but I do have to agree with Vaughan. I think it's going to be a huge risk. I mean, when they, you know, when 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 they're looking at at, at things, when they interviewed him, they said that McCullum had the perfect mindset for it, and that he was very very focused on the fact that he wanted to take the test squad because in most people's minds he's not he's not a coach that would coach test he's not coached any long format teams he's only coached IPL he's well, coached that's, T20. Right. that's his most recent thing he's only done IPL and CPL coaching squad mm. coaching gigs um, and of course at, at the back end of his in BBL and that's the thing too is, is that he ended his career playing for BBL mm. so and he's always been known <laughs> Well, well, exactly. I mean, he's always been known as a player that hits big, plays the short format, goes big and goes home quickly. Uh, and that especially showed in the latter area of, te of his, test, his test career. And people would argue, arguably say that at the end of his career, he wasn't a test player. He wasn't playing test cricket how most people would want batsmen to play test cricket. Um, and some people were saying that his batting style in test cricket was, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, was a bit... Or, outrageous yeah. hooliganly and just yeah. a bit just out there and and not and just reckless i think is probably the word I'm reckless yeah that's the one um 
And I think the fact that his reckless batting style, yes, it paid off, but for the test purists, I don't think he was a test batsman if you're looking at it from a purist point of view, especially you know, towards the end of his career. And even arguably through his entire test career. I, I honestly, if, if you want, okay, here's my honest opinion about it. Everyone looks too far outwardly. The guy's yeah. mind, mental mindset, he was so calm on the field. So was Kane Williamson. He, was, he took a lot more risks than Kane Williamson in terms of his shot play. But in terms of play on the field, he was more of an aggressive type, but he didn't take risks. It was very calculated. Oh, um, that's it. And Helps in terms having of that a hand-eye coordination shit, like that too. Oh, absolutely. Freakishly. Um, I mean, if he was so reckless, why is he the only player in New Zealand to score over 300 runs? In the test. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, tell me how he took. Was. I think, and I think this is this is the other point to it. I think he was a he was a calculated risk taker. I mean, exactly. yes, there was a there was a few risks that he took where they were probably reckless. But I think, you know, when you look at it in depth, as you say, uh, a lot of his shots weren't actually reckless because he calculated them, and he normally those shots didn't come out until he'd been at the crease for two or three overs. Unless he got a half track or a really shit ball to start with, he might put it away, but he wouldn't necessarily play the the shots, the big attacking shots, until he was set. Mm. Most of those early attacking shots were always along the ground. It was very rare you saw him hit in the air at the beginning of his innings. And that was the same for both T20 and ODIs. However, less so in ODIs. He was more likely to go after a ball early in a T20 or an ODI than he was in a test match. Apart from that last test innings that he played against Australia where he scored 150 and 50-odd balls. Um, That was just just like, oh, that was nuts. Um, You know, he he was playing T20 shots in a test match, which, you know, I don't want to see a player do again, but that's just, you know, no one's going to go and charge um, Hazelwood and put him, you know, 20 rows (laughs) over Cow Corner. So <laughs> I think because yeah. he played so much with them against them, um, he knew he, he could read him very well. And that was, I think, that other calculated ability from Keller. It, it was very risky shots to someone who doesn't know the other know the bowler that well. You know, he, he knew Hazelwood and his style and what he would do. So he took that risk. Well, he's gonna do this, but there's that one chance out of the five shots that he played, the five balls that he bowls that it's not going to be that one. So he took those sort of calculated risks, you know, and that, that, that's why he was so good because he could do that instead of, oh, I'll just just try and slap him down for six over Cal Corn. No, he'd actually, okay, he's played this, he's done this in the past, he's done that in the past, right, I'm going to, I'm going to charge up on him, going to run down the pitch on him and absolutely slog the shit out of him because he's going to do the shot. And that, yeah, was, well, that, exactly. that was that difference. Exactly. I think with McCullum Tours, it wasn't just, he did that with every single premier fast bowler. That's the nice. thing. Every single major fast bowler, in fact, every bowler in general, there wasn't many bowlers he couldn't predict. Yeah, because... I, I, apart yeah. from maybe you know, third-rate teams like Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands, oh, yeah, they didn't play very often. He, he but, very, yeah, he very rarely played them, so he didn't really know their yeah, style. You know. But every single top first-tier team, every single test-playing nation bowler, he knew, like the back of his hand, he knew exactly how they were going to bowl to him. Yep. Because every bowler knew that he was a threat and to get him out was hard. It was yep. very hard to get McCullum out. The only mm. way you basically had to... McCullum had, was basically getting himself out. That was how yeah. he got out. He got well, it's not like out. Devin Conway once he's in. He's the same. Well, like, that's it. Very, um, very more calculated. And very think, more safe think, shot player. And that's the thing where I think old Sightford, even though Sightford says 
um, sorry, Phillips, Glenn Phillips yeah, says Glenn Phillips, he yeah. matches himself after McCullum. His risks, he is a bit more reckless. I have oh, to say. Yeah. He's, he's a very, he's a very reckless either. batsman. Oh, no, very. he's not. He hasn't played enough cricket. Yeah. And that's the thing that he, he tries to predict the, the bowler. But like I was saying, it's about having that anal- analytical, I guess, calculated mind and calculated shot where he can predict it. Glenn Phillips like, oh, I'm just randomly predicted. Okay, I'm just going to slog him down here. No. See, that's when McCullum <clears throat> had that different, yeah, I was saying before. Well, exactly. And I think the thing that Phillips also is lacking too is he hasn't played a lot of that hmm. IPL circuit. He hasn't played the franchise T20 circuit where you're playing with all of those players and you're facing right. with the nets all the yep. time. Hmm. So that's another thing that McCullum did. He's playing with all those guys throughout the years in the yeah. same teams as them and so he learns how to play against them because he's used to them in the next exactly and so he knows point. exactly what they're going to do so yeah, yeah. I think I think it's the same with all of those young guys yes there's definitely some aspects of Glenn Phillips batting style which you can see that he's taken from McCullum but until oh, yeah. he has more time under his belt I still think he's going to be a far more reckless batsman and you can oh, already yeah. see it I, I don't honestly I don't think as much as I love Glenn Phillips and the way he plays and he's a great uh, you know diggy Leggy off he Leggy, yeah. It's yeah. a great part. Great part to and he can turn that ball, man. It's like you're a part timer, bro. Calm it down. Like, and and that yeah, but then and that's why I like him so much. But he needs to be <laughs> stop being reckless with the ball and just try and play himself in properly again. Yeah, well that's it. He learn. plays he plays the re- he plays the big shot too early. And that's yeah. and we've seen it time and time again in the yep. twenties where he'll go after something third ball. And mishit it and get caught in the deep. And that has happened time and time again. Mm. Although I have to say, when those times where he has behaved himself, <laughs> behaved himself and, and got himself in, he, he's quite capable of scoring in excess of oh, 60, right. 70 runs in a T20. Yeah. So he, he, that's Easy. the thing. He just has to be more, he just has to get patient. And that's the yeah. thing where a lot of those batsmen, like McCullum, they look at McCullum and go, oh, okay, I can go and do that. But what they don't realize yeah. is that McCullum was very patient. Even though he hit, he would attack early. He was patient. But, yeah. you know, I've never, I don't actually remember a time where I saw <clears throat> McCullum hitting a six off the first ball of his inning. I, no, I, I don't remember no. them very rarely. It may have happened once or twice. Mm. Um, it was always, you know, or, or even that, a six in the first over that he, he faced. It happened yeah. again very rarely. It wasn't until he'd found out what the pitch was doing, what the bowlers were doing, then he'd start having a go. That's right. So, any sort of hundreds or you know, big daddy hundreds or any outstanding performances, <laughs> but any like failures that you think will sort of be noteworthy or newsworthy sort of failures? Like, I don't know, maybe well, I, I, Ben Stokes could absolutely oh. crumble as captain and just get, get a pants well, by us. I mean, at the moment, Old, you know, I still think old Kane Williamson coming off the back of his his IPL performance. There is a lot of eyes on him, and a lot of people going, oh, maybe his form is a bit off. And yes, his form is off, but I still think he hasn't played a lot of cricket in the last eighteen months. Um, and so there's still that aspect, and he's still coming out of injury. Yeah. Um, so I still think this this Test series is going to be the first time I've seen Kane Williamson play a Test in over a year. Uh, and so I think I think I think he's going to be very I think he'll be calculated I think he's going to be very defensive I think we'll see if the Kane Williamson of old but he'll stick around and score seven off 40 balls I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to come out and do that I think we're going to see a lot of defensive play I, I would think honestly love that we're, true test cricket 
Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see from him. I don't think we're going to see an attacking shot. I think if any big scores are going to come out of him, it's going to be uh, after time. He's going to bat time. Um, and, and I think that's what we're going to see from him. I think in terms of the English side, I, I haven't seen their squad announcement yet for the first test or, or their wider squad announcement yet. Actually, in general, I haven't actually fully looked yet, but I'd say we're probably going to see Broad. We'll definitely see Broad. We'll probably, def- we'll probably see Anderson and Broad for at least mm. one test. Yep. They might rest Anderson like they did or Broad or, no, or both of them. I but think it depends. I think they're in. They're in for... Because, I mean, they're the straight bowlers. They're missing them. And the proof well, that's it. Although, <laughs> although in saying that, they did rest both of them for a test against the West Indies, where I was very surprised why they rested both of them. I was like, why no, would you rest? Them. Well, they yeah, which which was a very <laughs> big question. I was like, why would you drop both of your your premier fast bowlers? Um, the only and then two strike bowlers that are actually taking any decent wickets at the moment. Exactly. Um, in terms of thing, we might I'd say we probably will see Curran. I say we'll probably see Sam yep. Curran back at some point. I'd say definitely. Yep. Um, Old Ollie Robinson. Um, oh, mate, he's class, he's, eh? He's, good. he's He's, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. I definitely yeah. think he's, 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 I think what they're doing now is because, put it this way, Anderson, let's face it, will be retiring in the next couple of years, I'd say. Oh, maybe even at the end of the season. Yeah. I'd say. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's had probably one of the longest fast bowling careers of any fast bowler that I've known, you know, in, in, in my lifetime at least to go. You know, there's not many other fast bowlers, especially bowling 140 plus, that have lasted as long as he has. Um, I think, in terms of batsmen, the English batting order has been a very all over the place, especially in the last 12 months. The West Indies series showed that they they did not perform. The batsmen over there were rubbish, um, and even some of their big premier batsmen did not perform. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. This is going to be their first their first Test series at home. I'm pretty sure. I don't think England have got another another Test series before we arrive. Um, no, they haven't. So still count. They're coming off a good season of county cricket, though. They are coming off a good season of county cricket. The county the county so far the highlights of the county stuff that I've been saying um, is there's a lot of there's been a few big scores already. A few just wickets wicket hauls being taken. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting series. I don't I don't want to say that that um, it's going to be evenly matched. I definitely think, in my opinion, New Zealand will be the favourites out of the two just because of the recent run of form that England has had. Um, although England are always a force to be reckoned with at home. I mean, yes, the last time we played England, we trounced them completely the first time we've won a Test Series in England and yeah, ever, cheers, I think. Dave. Cheers, Dave. So, th- your thanks to Devin Conway's amazing double hundred on debut. Um, however, I, I just think... Yeah, at Lords, And we'll be back at Lords, and hopefully you can do it all over again. But I think... Yep. I think that definitely England is the second second rate team in this mm-hmm. definitely coming into this test match. Although it doesn't it doesn't mean the Black Caps can't get complacent though. They they still have to actually perform because they have yeah. still have to keep in the back of their minds. I still think it will be in the back of their minds that they did lose a, they drew a test series with Bangladesh when to be honest, they probably shouldn't have. Because um, they got complacent and also didn't we got too complacent. Yeah, Same exactly. with South Africa, we got think, complacent after the absolute trouncing in the first game. We got complacent in the second. It's easy to pick. And, and I mean, and putting it this way, South Africa did not, did not play a good first test. I mean, their second test was basically just classic South Africa. They played classic oh, yeah. South African cricket. Um, and I Attacking. think that's the thing too. Exactly. <laughs> and I think with this whole English series, if we can select well, if we make a good selection, make good mm. choices, I mean, it will all depend on what happens when the covers come off the pitch. Oh, that's, the first that's time right. Before day one. Um, but we've got the guys depends. there needed if we need to make those changes. So well, we exactly. And then we just have to keep our fingers crossed that there's no injuries. Um, however, 
I think as long as they can get the get it right, and as long as everyone plays sensibly, and I think the first test will probably be quite a sensible test. I think people will just be uh, all the players, especially Kane. I think will just be a little bit more subdued just to see how things are going to go, see how things are going to play, because it's a three test series. So the first yeah. test, you know, is not it's not a big one if you lose. Yes, if you lose, you are behind, but you're still going to have a two test to bring it up. It's not like it's a two test series. That's right. um, so I think there is definitely definitely some interesting things there that will happen. I think it's going to be a very interesting series. Um, and it'll certainly the ODIs come after that with both the English, well, against, against the Netherlands and Scotland, I think. The, the Netherlands won. The Netherlands showed they are forced to be reckoned with. Yes, they lost that, that series, but they by no means got smashed. Um, they all showed fight. And that's the thing that, that they weren't ready to roll over. And I think, again, with both Ireland and Scotland, Scotland I haven't really seen play much recently. Um, and I think still, but all of those teams are forced to be reckoned with because they've all shown in previous World Cups that they're a team that will not roll over. They're all teams that just won't roll over and take it from the big big guys. They don't want that's to be right. yeah. Um, and they're always out to try and be a giant killer. So that's something else is that it, it definitely the New Zealand team that travels over there can't be complacent. And generally we're not, but I think this, this tour is going to be, in terms of the World Test Championship especially, um, and the way that the Test Championship table is sitting, it is a must-win series for the back caps. If we lose this, then the chances of us retaining our title again are very slim. Um, oh, it's so, actually not. I don't. From memory, it's not World Test Championship points on up for grabs. It's um, outside of the World Test Championship schedule. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, so I, I, I can't remember. If it was. <laughs> just a test there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. I couldn't remember if it was or wasn't. Yeah. I had seen like media on it, but yeah. I mean, look. It, regardless of it, we still need to beat them because if we can, you know, we beat them again. That's Twice in a row, we've beaten England in the home oh, back that's, that's right. Quick, quick fun fact. Um, yeah, so uh, Jimmy Anderson actually debuted for England in the Test match uh, 19 years ago, and uh, funny <laughs> enough, actually debuted in the ODI 20 years ago. But yeah, um, I think look, if, if if Jimmy Anderson can get himself to 650, 680 wickets, which he could potentially do in this, you know, this next year and a half, then oh. I think he will go out as the greatest fast bowler of all time. Because I, as far as I'm aware, there is no other fast bowler has taken more Test wickets than he has. Uh, I, I'd hate to break it to you, she is the greatest fast bowler of all time. Yeah, it hasn't retired. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't retired, he's still going. And that's the thing. I, and to be honest, for a fast bowler to be the third highest test wicket taker in the world is incredible. The fact that he has managed to, Phenomenal. you know, join, cause join spinners, because in reality, look, spinners, I, you know, a lot of spinners would probably hate me for saying this, but look, spinners, spinning, sp you know, spin bowlers, the, the physical effects on, on spin bowlers is a lot less than fast bowlers. So oh, really fast bowlers are, in my opinion, a lot better than spin bowlers. Yes, spin bowlers do have got have to have skill and whatnot, but put it this way, spinning, it's a lot easier to get wicket spinning than it is fast bowlers because well, you're, you're relying yeah. on the batsman to make mistakes rather than actually getting them out. But also, just, it's just basically the whole physical aspect of it is a lot That's less right. than the fast bowler. Absolutely. So um, your, your out, outward prediction, outlandish prediction, what have you got? One prediction. Oh, for the Test Series, I'd say at this stage that all going well, New Zealand will take it 2-1. Um, either than that, it'll be a one-all draw is my, my overall prediction of it. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. You reckon? Oh, I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping a 2-1, but I'm just thinking based on, you know, previous form of both teams, it's going to be a one-all draw, I think. But I'm hoping for a 2-1 win, Series win. 
All right. Well, I've got a couple of uh, outlandish ones. So um, Johnny Bairstow is going to absolutely go nut jobs and smoke the shit out of every single ball that comes to him. Um, whether he gets massive runs or not, I'm not sure, but he's gonna he's out for fury, especially after an awesome... Um, he is a bit of a freak. Oh, mate. He's another McCullum. Yeah, he's gonna. He's, he's, gonna the, he's the ginger well. McCullum. He's the ginger, ginger, yeah. ninja McCullum. <laughs> and, and now with Stokes and McCullum leading the charge, he's got free. He's, I reckon he's going to have free reign. He's the only guy in that squad that is allowed free reign, probably. You know, well, to I be able to do right. that. He's, he's, mm. he's been there a lot. He's, he's probably, I'd have to say, probably the most senior batsman in that squad since Cook left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and Devin Conway going to get 300 at Lords. Well, if he does <laughs> he's that... Back for, he's say, going back for 300. Oh, if, if, I, you know, you're not wrong. And if he does that, he'll, if he can surpass McCullum's score, I think that would make McCullum very unhappy in a way. <laughs> wow, well, I don't know. <laughs> he can but just... Be honest, he's, think, he's not a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, well, true. I mean, but put it this way, out of, if there's any other New Zealand batsman that's going to do it, it will be Conway. He's the only one at the moment, to be fair. I mean, yeah, well, that's with true. Williamson's form, I mean, 12 months, 18 months ago, I would have said Williamson, Williamson's capable. And he probably would have been if he had more time. Well, but against the West got, Indies, he was on. He was on for it against the West Indies, but he yeah, ended up but, falling but out. He, yeah, four. well, because his strike rate was so low, he had to start swinging, and that was his sacrifice to the team. You know, it's like, oh, I've got my two hundred. I'm just going to start swinging now. Yeah, and he was lucky that it was a no ball on the one that he was out to. Well, that, that, that's exactly <laughs> right. But even then, I mean, he if he carried on playing the way he was doing, which was that amazing on a, such a, a cricketly sexual masterclass and how to bat in Test cricket. If he had carried on playing that, he would have easily got three hundred. But he will, he didn't want the draw, so he well, sacrificed his own stats, and he, stats and he always does. Yeah, yeah, well, he that's, always that's does. He's a very self, he's a selfless player. Oh, he, he's absolutely, always been a selfless player. Yeah, so he will always go. He'll, he'll go for team benefit rather than self benefit all, yep. all the time. And that's the culture. And that was the, the same with McCullum too. too. And that's the culture of the Black Caps at the moment. Yeah, yeah McCullum's built that. Well, and and um, what's his face? Um, T Twenty coach for the. Chennai, is it Chennai? No, RCB. Um, our old coach for Black Caps. Oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Oh, this is really bad. I forgot as well. It was coach, coach <laughs> McCullum. McCullum took over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mike Hesse. That's it, old Hesse boy. <clears throat> yeah, Mike Hesse. You know, he he backed Brendan and, well, that's and it. made that and culture think- what it should have been. And that's where I think, and I think McCallum's going to probably take that coaching style into England, the English team. So if he backs mm. Stokes, that team will go far. And oh, I think absolutely. We'll, we'll start to see some of the English teams evolve. And I think what I'm really looking forward to is because McCallum's on a four-year deal, McCallum will get an Ashes series. So oh, it's mate, going to be very be interesting <laughs> to see how McCallum's going to be if he coaches, coaches the Ashes series. Oh, he'll definitely coach it. And that, honestly, is going to be one of the best. I, I can predict now, another one of my predictions, that it's going to be one of the best Ashes series that I've ever seen. You know, like, only because I'm a Kiwi and haven't experienced, like, the heat and the hype. But I still watch it. Um, that the Poms and the Aussies get to experience in terms of the emotion. It's just, for me, it's just great cricket. Um, yeah, well, I don't yeah. think there's not there's not too many cricket fans that don't watch the Ashes, and I think, 
you know, even though it is English, the English and the, and the Aussies going at it, I, I think it's still one of the oldest contested, you know, oldest fights of, of cricketing history that has just well, been see, ongoing. It's always... It is it's the one of the oldest. oldest. It's one of the oldest um, in sporting history. Trophies. I think it is the yeah. oldest trophy in sporting history, apart from the Rainforest Shield. I think might be up. Yeah, there, well, uh, and I think I think that some of the maybe some of the English football ones might be. Oh yeah, yeah, true. yeah. I heard something that um, was one of the oldest. Um, yeah, it is trophies. one. Of the, I think I think the, I think the FA Cup trumps it by a couple of years. Oh, yeah, true. Um, That'd be interesting but, to look into. <laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, I think I think McCullum for the Ashes is going to be very interesting considering the Poms have not had a good run of Ashes form. And I think if if McCullum can turn that around and, and get the Poms winning, and especially if they can get the Poms winning by lots, then it's going to change it. Because we haven't seen the English have a 4-1 or a 5-0 win in a long time. Not since, well, even prior, I think it was 2009 was the last time they had a, a, a big Ashes series yeah. win. Um, oh, because well, it's 2005. One. 2005, that was 2 1, wasn't it? It was, but I think 2009 was a 4 1 in Australia, if I remember off the top of my head. Might have been right, if, yeah, because 2005 was in England, so yeah, it must have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the, and that was English. English beat the Aussies 4 1 in Australia in 2009. That's right. And then yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> And then it was 2000, the two back-to-back 2013 ones where the English won it in England and then they went to Australia and got Trump 5-0. That was with Johnson and Ryan Harris. Oh, oh, mate. That was a great, that was a great was, team. That was a great team. Man. It was a fantastic team. There was not many teams beating that Australian team in 2013. And I mean, Mitchell I remember Johnson watching that series. Was, Mitchell, Mitchell Johnson, Johnson taking... Special. He took 46 wickets in five matches. Oh, no, he is something <laughs> special, Oh yeah, and I think he always yeah. will be. He'll always be known yeah. as, an, and I think, I think the the handlebar moustache fast bowler at the end of his career is still <laughs> ugly one of the as, best fast bowlers ever. Oh yeah, it's, it's as ugly as Colin <laughs> Gronholm, but a uh, mullet. But mate, it was a cult icon back in the day. Oh, oh yeah, when he was playing. Then you go and look at old Murph Hughes, for example. The good old oh, Murph, mate, Murph, Murph, Murph Hughes Murph. handlebar. Ah, no, that was a moustache. <laughs> that was a manly moustache. Oh, yeah. That one. It that was, was a moustache. Oh, and not to mention his good old his beer belly dad bod cricketing look to go with it, which is the, oh, the, mate, the, the physical like peak right there. That's peak of well, as, cricketing. As, as old old Shane Warne said in his his uh, in that in that oh, autobiography uh, Amazon special that they did on him. Yeah, that sort of area was in the nineties when all they were doing was smoking, drinking alcohol, and eating KFC before a game and it was common that you'd be hung over <laughs> when oh, shit, you played yeah. a test match. So yeah. it and when was you that got, era and I think Yeah. Yeah, when you got Murphy's at the helm, mate, shit, you guys you're gonna back some, you're gonna pack some piss away. Yeah, on the tour bus on the way to the game. Eleven o'clock in the morning you're probably already sunk a half a bloody dozen um crate bottles, you know. Yeah, well he talked about you you drink in the changing room and you'd spill out of the changing room at two o'clock in the morning and then go to yeah. a pub and then roll in the bed at about Five o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, and then have to go to a net session the next day. Yep, yep. Now they're good old days. Uh, you wouldn't do that now. No, no. I think well, you'd, you'd be dropped very quickly. Well, we've seen what happened. We've had what happened with certain New Zealand players. We will not mention. Yes, mate, your best, your best mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mate, if he honestly, honestly, not not naming him, but he would have been. He and he was one of the greatest ODI and T Twenty batsmen we've ever had. If he if he had a didn't do too that, badly in tests either. Well, yeah, actually, true. He's got what nine sort of test double centuries. He's yeah, he's got nine test centuries. Well. 
Yep. Um, yeah. You know, if he if he had stopped the antics, I think he would have actually been one, uh, more, I guess, uh, he would have played more a lot prominent longer than, than Ross did. Taylor. So that's our uh, our podcast for for this week, um, covering the upcoming England series. Um, thank you from myself, and I'm sure thank you from Ollie. Um, we also have a YouTube channel called The Club Cricketers. Check us out. I'll also put a link in um, some sort of description that gives me the option to. Not quite sure. Um, and future episodes. So we might do another one next week, uh, which will probably cover the first uh, first class game. I'm not sure if we've got any coverage. And I'm, I think there might be a bit of coverage on YouTube on one of the channels there. Um, but we can also you know, look at stats and look at who's performed and who hasn't. And also predictions and i think we can cover a bit more ipl as it's upcoming to the final um obviously the kiwi players and maybe a couple of uh, outstanding players as well but in the fair break invitational it's been pretty quiet in terms of um, action from the kiwis there was only three or four in there actually four or five can't remember um and they haven't really done anything too too major um to warrant newsworthiness um but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll cover what, what needs to be covered and we'll say beyond about other stuff that just randomly pops up in our conversations thank you good night